Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast is Khalil Wanda. And it's Agard. What up, peeps? Thank you for listening. Shouts out Nice Up Radio listeners. Got it locked in live right now. Yeah, and shout out to everybody listening all across the world on all digital streaming platforms. Yeah, man. Just definitely, again, just appreciation for everybody that's listening right now. You have no idea how much... You know, this we definitely do this for you. It's all about you, reggae lover. Anyway, you're there. Big up. Yep. Today we're gonna talk about a topic that we haven't really broached in depth in a in a while. In season five in 2019, we did an introduction to Sound Clash, which is episode 134. We're gonna refer to that episode a couple of times. Today we're gonna talk about Sound Clash. The 2020 version. Also, later in that season, we featured Dr. Rock from Nice Up Radio, the host of The Frontlines, the uh, West Coast's only Sound Clash talk show. And big up to Dr. Rock. I understand it's his Earth Strong today as we're recording this. So, yeah, big up Dr. Rock. Big up on the Earth Strong. You don't know. Yeah, man. Big up Dr. Rock every time. And big up Element as well. Yeah, man. The whole family. We have been kind of kicking this can down the road. We've been meaning to talk about this topic. And so we saved it for now. It's November. It's nearing the end of the season. And so we can give you a a proper recap of the year as we see it. And obviously, COVID-19 has taken its toll on many industries. It's definitely had some effects on the Sound Clash game. We have the Buzzworthy segment coming up. And the tastemaker segment coming up. All right, Agar. So you've been pushing for this one. What 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 is our goal of this segment to talk about Sound Clash right now? Our goal, hmm, per management. <laughs> <laughs> As most of our listeners already know, you know we're very passionate about sound system culture, Sound Clash culture. I think if it was up to me, every week, you know, we would be talking about this in depth. You know, we even at one point, I believe, talked about or spoke about possibly having another day where it would just be sound system and sound clash related. You know, we we're, were uh, throwing around the idea of, you know, every week having like a different show just for that stuff. However, you know, we just want to concentrate on this show. So long story short, we pretty much speak about sound system stuff every week off air. And, you know, we're we're throwing out some ideas and I think it's time for us to give an update as to where we feel the business is right now, where it's going, help you guys along. If you're not familiar with Sound Clash in depth, um, please stick with us. We have some very unique views about this stuff, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. If you're not familiar, what, what this will be for you is hopefully very informative and educational in addition to being entertaining, right? And you'll get a collection of information and resources and links that we'll put into one place for you. It's going to be in the show notes so you can, you know, dive a little bit deeper for people who share the passion that we have for Sound Clash. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. So I mentioned episode 134, Intro to Sound Clash. In that show, a few of the things we talked about, you know, we touched on the fact that Sound Clash is a sport. People that are into it kind of view it as it as a sport. And I understand everybody doesn't like sports, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like athletics or whatever. But, you know, this is 
a competition based concept with reggae with dancehall music so we talked about the need that we felt that there was a need for a formal league to be formed i just want a disclaimer as well there are many standard practices or standard culture cultural things when it comes to sound clash i just want to say for me personally to me um sound clash and sound system culture is an individual thing in a sense you know what i'm saying it's not necessarily just one thing you know you, you made the analogy to sports right right i've heard people debate that oh it's not sports it's not this it's not that and you know for me i do relate it to sports you know specifically boxing some people relate it to soccer or football or whatever chess. Um, however yeah chess you know for me it's it, that's just what i related to for some people that might be absurd but i just want to i just want to say like what however it is that you view it and i said this last week with our top five rhythms thing you know this is just how i see things you know i know i know i know i don't have to make those disclaimers but i, I will because you know some some people hear certain things and they feel like oh this is not the way or that's not the way but whatever right yeah so this whole thing of uh, a league um i believe we're starting to see something like that well there's been there've been tournaments there've been a number of yeah. online tournaments and before the pandemic obviously there were a number of events that took the tournament format as well you know what i'm saying right whether it's one big event starting with a, a large number of sounds and eliminating sounds on the way to a winner being selected at the end or something that's taking place over the course of weeks or months even where there's isolated competitions in different locations such as Rumble or 123 Badadan and then you have the corporate quote unquote corporate competitions i think Jamaica has really been leading the way in that kind of uh event with uh, Boom Clash and Guinness I think there's a couple others as well. Yeah, so I mean, the people have tried to capitalize on that, you know, bracket system um, ideology, you know, and that that lends it to the sports analogy in that sense. The reason why I relate it to boxing is because I, I believe that you can have different tiers of sounds. You know, we're, you and I are talking about this. I don't know if you want to get into this now or not. Yeah, but, I mean, we can get into you know, it. You know, different tiers to me are like different weight classes. Yeah, it's important. You know, have, it's important yeah. because obviously, you know, you can't put, you know, Jamaicans would know like, you know, you can't put um, Mike McCallum and Mike Tyson in a ring together. You know, you can't put Oscar De La Hoya and, and Lennox Lewis in a ring together. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't be yeah. a fair matchup because... You're talking different weight classes, you know, giants versus like extremely small people in, in a brawl. You know, it's just it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be. Yo, I'm thinking about and, and I don't really watch UFC and MMA and all that stuff. Do they do that or don't mm -hmm. they don't they have weight classes as well? Yeah, yeah, they have they have weight classes. Right. I um they have less weight weight classes in MMA, which is um why a lot of people have to like lose and gain incredible amount of weight mm. whereas boxing they have more weight classes so it's it's a little bit more healthy right yeah yeah so it's the same it's just an analogy guys you know for yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sound clash let's get into the tiers you know who, who's the top yeah. tier of sounds in your opinion right now for 2020 
So right now, I would have to give it to somebody like King Addis. Definitely a top tier sound. What I want to emphasize is the weight class. Let's just talk about dubs, experience, talent, right? Let's not talk about wins and losses. So King Addis, top tier. Yeah. Base Odyssey, top tier. LP, top tier. Poison Art, top tier. Traditionally, you know, we could get into <laughs> when you bounce up and down. Yeah, the class I mean, if you, if you wanted to take the United States, right? Yeah. Let's let's do let's do bar, per continent. You already named LP and Addies from America. Are there any yes. more in America? You're adding poison art. I, I I would I would I don't know if I would agree, but I see I think, where you're coming from. Like historically, right? I think historically, uh, Soul, Soul okay. Supreme has earned a, a, a top tier as well. You know, Soul Supreme. The criticism is they they don't take enough clashes mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah, They're I not, mean, yeah. Outside of yo, okay, so New York. Let's just throw it out there. I say the big four. You may disagree with the ruler thing, but I think the big four from El- from New York, Addies, LP, Earth Rula, and Soul Supreme. Mm-hmm. I think they're on they're in the top tier. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. Then, you know, for the rest of the USA, it might be just poison dart. Yeah. Um the closest that I think has gotten outside of like the top four in New York, uh, Innocent has has definitely made a run at it. Uh, I would say they're top tier, if not on the cusp of being top tier. Yeah, so maybe maybe Innocent, they they may be close. But then, you know, if you say Innocent, I feel like you could also say Rhythm Force. Right, you make up your face, but Rhythm Force has been around longer than Innocent. Yeah, but... You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's getting difficult because, because my concept... History, so my concept of, of this whole weight class thing, right? In sound class, it's the, it's the perception more than it is. Because you can't have solid numbers. Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you listen to sound class circa 1993 and between 93 and when did Iris and Shin really start doing their thing? Like mid-2000s, early 2000s, right? Or, or yeah, even 2000. I'd say late, like, I'd say late 90s. Late 90s, right? So let's say early 90s to late 90s, you know, there wasn't a system in place to really tell you who won and who didn't win a clash unless there was a straight lock off or, you know, it's it's all speculation. So you you list, you, you interview any sound man, they won every single clash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, shout out to Puma who actually admits that he lost some clashes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like you, 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 you listen to every sound man in the interview, they killed this and they killed that. And so it's the perception for, for these 90s sounds, right? You know, we're not talking about wins and losses. We're talking about, are you a heavy sound, right? And yeah, you know, Rhythm Force, I'm not like really familiar with them like that. But to me, I, I'll just say I'm not familiar with them Yeah, like see, that. They, no, you're right. So let me just, we're talking about tears. So let's not get off on too much of a tangent. Let me just retract Rhythm Force. But I'm going to disagree on the innocent for a very, you know, along kind of the same reason. That, that's Same fine. Reason. That's you fine. Know, innocent yeah, yeah. is, um, you know, like a rumble sound. Um, right. So they're not like a world clash sound. You know what I mean? Right. And they won. They won U.S. Rumble when Iris and Chin was trying to rebuild a world clash format, and it was Rise of the New Champion, and Innocent was included in that, as well as you know people like Jimmy Spliff and you know those sounds. Right. So, yeah. So, going back to the top tier, 
You know, right. we got you the got, four got from America. New York. We got Poison Dark. That's America. Now let's go to the Caribbean. The whole Caribbean. The entire thing. Bay Odyssey. Right. Mm-hmm. Stonewall. Yeah. That's Antigua and that's Jamaica. Who else in Jamaica? There's got to be more pillars in Jamaica, right? <laughs> um, all right. So Firelinks. Links. Out, out, yeah, yeah. Firelinks oh, yeah, is top yeah, tier. Definitely, definitely. And he may not clash very often, but I don't think he ever left the top tier. Yo, you can't go around. But he's been a- yeah. What he, what he's been able to do on his own after Bodyguard, I feel like surpasses what he did on Bodyguard. Okay. So yeah. what about um Tony Mataran, Pink Panther, Ricky Trupa, the dinosaurs? I would say Panther's still top tier, you know, but at this point You're factoring in win loss record, you gotta you gotta include him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean not only win loss, I mean just, you know, the types of clashes he's been in and held his own right. with his own sound. The the thing about Panther at this point though, it's kind of like uh I, I wanted to stay away from this word, but it's kind of a spectacle, you know what I mean? No, but still, it, that that doesn't even matter. What it if you could call it that if you want? He has tunes, yo. He has new tunes, and he knows how to use his you know foundation box as well. He's got anthems. He's got a lot of the new music. How he's acquiring it and how legitimate it all is, you know, that's questionable. But he he knows how to use it. I would say uh, with the boxing analogy, he's kind of like a, he's like a, what's the dude from Philly who's boxing in his 40s? Uh, Who, Rocky? (laughs) Rocky Balboa. (laughs) You know what, man? Dude, uh, yeah. All right, I can't even remember homeboy's name. But yeah, man, he's he's like an old boxer that's still, you know, got a little something. You know, he's not getting knocked out, but. Right. It's not winning any matches. I won't comment on your analogy any further. Um, okay, so we got Panther and Base Odyssey and Firelinks. Mm-hmm. And you said you're not going to include Mataran or not Trupa because they kind of fell off. Yeah, I mean... They, I'm, look, I'm not, am I least, putting words in your mouth? <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. At least Trooper... At, at least Panther, you know what I'm saying? It's... yeah. He he's a contender. Right. If we're talking like a hist- a history thing, then yeah, we're gonna talk about in the history of nah, SoundClash. Current. You know, Mataran and and Trupa, yeah, they're dinosaurs. They're on they might be on the Mount Rushmore, whatever. That's not what we're doing right now. We're talking in twenty twenty, current state of SoundClash, top tier of sounds. I can't put Mataran in that. I've seen too many embarrassing moments. Right. I can't put Trooper in there because I've seen too many embarrassing moments. Right. You know, <laughs> So we got Stonewall from Antigua. Anybody else in the Caribbean? Top tier is like that's a that's that's a hard you yeah. know what I mean that's 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 a that's a that's a pinnacle. Okay, so that's so no. I, I can't include anybody else right okay, now. Okay, yeah, same same here, same here. All right, so now that's nine sounds. Now we go to Japan, which is gonna go all the way to Japan, and we're gonna say Mighty Crown, of course. And they have their own reasons for why they don't clash as much anymore. It's not like, you know, they can't. It's, they choose not to. Yes, but if they ever did, similar similarly to Base Odyssey, you know. Yep. I mean, they don't they don't clash as much either. Right. But if they ever did, a problem. So Mighty Definitely. Crown. Anybody else in the in Asia? Top tier. Top tier. That's tough because I mean I know a lot of Japanese sounds that are tough sounds, but they have not 
across the borders that Mighty Crown has. Um, there's actually Fujiyama, maybe. Nah. nah. Yeah, I, I big can't see. Big up to see. Fujiyama. There's... Big up to King Jam. Big up to Jawworks. Yeah, Jawworks. Also, big up to Yardbeat. They've done a lot in the last few years. But Mighty Kana Foundation. So I'm gonna just say they're the top tier for that part of the world. No mm-hmm. one else. Now I'm saving a particular place for last because <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> controversial. AF. So let's go to the EU. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, all right. So the EU. See, it, this is this one's difficult because not because they don't have a lot of sounds. They have a lot of sounds that quote unquote parked up. You know what I'm saying? That are not very active I mean, recently. At, right now, they're all parked up except for um, Mattia. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna let you tell whether or not he's tier one, but. For me, I mean, yo, right um, now, right now in 2020, yeah. I will put Warrior Sound in tier one. Okay, because Warrior I, I can go I, in the ring, you know, with Mighty Crown and the has, other, yeah. yeah, with the other ten sounds that we've already named. Yeah, okay, I, I can't disagree with that. I, I want to say if they're active, Magash to me is a tier one sound. I know that 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 in itself is controversial. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's a so young sound. it's been so long too. Like I don't, I yeah, don't think I, mean, I don't think they did enough personally. So, all right. So I'm not gonna argue with that. So let's keep Magash out. Sentinel. They were parked up for a while, but that's definitely Sentinel. They've been parked up for a while, and then you have Super Supersonic. Supersonic. Yep. Supersonic. Another big, big sound. Could I even say Sentinel? I mean, they've done a lot. So it's not the same argument the as Magash, but yo, Europe is is different, yo. Yeah, I for mean, for 2020, I'm I'm only going with Warrior. Warrior, right? That's it for the whole of Europe. I'm sorry if somebody's feelings are hurt by that, but and yeah, there's a lot of sounds with big dubs. A lot and, of sounds, you know, enough yeah. dubs. Hold on, let me let, let's look at Italy real quick. What what, what was going on? There wasn't there? Cause yo, Northern Lights. Northern Lights did go on a little run. Northern Lights, they've been active more recently. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Warrior and Supersonic. Because Supersonic, they made the comeback last year. They didn't have to do much to kick over Jimmy Spliff. But, you know what I'm saying? They were a little rusty. They brushed off the the rust and they won the clash. (laughs) That's all. You know, that's all you want from a tier. Like any of these sounds... They could take five, ten years off, right? You would expect them to come in and be rusty, but win the clash. Right. And then if they're doing regular, you know, events, then, you know, they'll be better. They'll, you won't have the rust. I mean, that's really what it is, right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Supersonic and Warrior, both German. Italy, Minetink. I mean, all Italy has to me is Northern Lights. What was the other sound? It was another Italian. Oh, um, I'm thinking about Heavy Hammer. Heavy Another yeah. bad sound, yo. Their dubs are so crisp, so so heavy. Crucial sound. Big up to them, you know. Big up to um Herbalizing and Irie Crew and. If you want to go back in the days, One Love, I think is that uh, Italian sound. Yeah, One Love. You know, big up Pow Pow from Germany and. Big up Jugglers, Jugglers from Germany. Big up Jugglers from Trinidad too. Word. Yeah, so we got to about 13, 12, 13 sounds right there. What about Africa? Oh, the only African sounds that I know aren't residing in Africa. Right, but they represent. 
Okay, okay. So, so Shashamani and Dynamic. I don't know enough about Shashamani. Big up Shashamani. I've heard a lot of, like throughout the years, a lot of like juggling. Like I never. Oh, like, for real? I mean. But not like hardcore juggling. I haven't heard like straight up clashes. Okay. You know. But I mean, they're um, they're the sound that's no. And yo, people, Africa is fifty one whole countries. You know what I mean? Like to go from Senegal to Nigeria, if you drive in, it's like a hundred hours. Like it's not a small, <laughs> you know, it's massive. So for the whole continent of sound, you know, I, you know, maybe I think Sheshamani is like in the conversation. I don't know if we put them in the tier. But they're the only sound that I can think of personally other than Dynamic. And I feel like I would put Dynamic in the top tier right now. I think he just made it there. Yeah. You know, he might, he's like the you, the, the, the newcomer who would have to, obviously, he would have to prove himself. He could easily get knocked back down. But I'm going to, I would put him in the top tier. Yeah. I think Dynamic and this is going to be another controversial statement, but Soul Supreme are kind of to me, in a similar situation. Obviously, Soul Supreme is decades old. Right. But at the same time, both Dynamic and Soul Supreme, they choose their clashes sparingly. You know what I mean? I mean, Dynamic's been doing a lot more in terms like of... I would call them friendlies. I, I wouldn't even call them no. major clashes. You know, there's stuff happening. Like, he did something in Atlanta at some point where it was a juggling dance and he killed some people, mm. did some stuff in Texas. But I think he um, killed his way up to the tier, to the top tier. I mean, not by killing top tier sounds, but I mean killing yeah, everything in his dominating. dominating the, yeah, the second tier. His weight yes. class. You know what I'm saying? So you get a shot. You get a title bout. Yeah, and I, I've known about him for years, but I think the thing that put him on the map is what he did to uh, Black Chinese and Belize. You know? Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Last time Black Chinese tried clashing then he locked off two sounds at the u.s rumble mm -hmm. and he's advanced to the next world clash i'll put dynamic and you know dynamic formerly of shashamani sound yeah now he's doing his own thing so yeah he's representing africa but he's not based there so it's like however you want to do that if you want to add him as a u.s sound however you want to do it so here's another sound I think when we first spoke about it, I didn't mention them in the beginning because this will be a conversation. Top tier sound. I think at this point, I'll, I can put Blunt Posse there. Yes, as a top tier See, sound. Okay, so stick a pin. Stick a yeah, pin. Okay. Stick a pin, Pondat. I'm going to go to the UK. All right? All right. Who's in the top tier out of England? Nobody. For me? Not in my book. Not in my book. In my Not book, right now. In my book, David Rodigan is in the top tier. Okay. Okay. Because if you could put Poison Dart in the top tier, you can. Nah, Rodigan's definitely there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I, I think I think my mind my mind didn't go to Rodigan because like, you know, to me Rodigan is in so like so many different categories. Right. Rodigan is in the same I don't, I don't league, even, right? Like yeah. category as Mighty Crown and Base Odyssey, where they're right. choosing but not what to I, clash what I'm saying, right now. Yeah, because recent in recent years, like I've seen so much of what Radigan does as 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 they call it in the UK as being a presenter. You know, he's a cultural icon. So it's like I didn't even think of him in the Sound Clash arena, even though he <laughs> he has some very interesting kills. 
you know, on his belt. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And and the thing about Radigan, I feel like even in clashes, I, I feel like he doesn't get killed. He just he gets eliminated, but <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't think about anybody, like, actually murdering, you know what I'm saying, David Radigan. I don't know. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Who, know, who, Tony Screw? No, I, I can think <laughs> of, um, I think when he played Jaro, you know, one-on-one, if I'm being honest, I think he he got the best of Kilimanjaro <laughs> with Drupa. Like, he, he okay. you know, and, um, I think they played in New York, and I think he kind of tump up Jaro, yo. Radigan won World Clash at least once, if not more than once. Radigan, he was defeated by Base Odyssey um, at least one time that I could recall in a one-on-one. And I was listening to Rumble Talk uh, a couple of episodes ago on Rumble Talk. Um, they were just talking about a night bodyguard played Radigan with young Lynx on bodyguard. Basically, Radigan gracefully bowed out of the clash. Like, he just, mm. you know what I'm saying, like forfeited. Like he just waved the white towel. And you know what I mean? Lynx was like, what? You know what I mean? Like what happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, so basically I think Johnny from Bodyguard like played certain songs that Radigan was planning to play and he just kind of forfeited the dance because he was like maybe that's all he kind of had lined up and he knew yeah, you know yeah. say <laughs> so anyway long story long big up to the you know Radigan he's been clashing from 1985 at least if not before yeah and I know a lot of people you know they're gonna say your coxswains your saxons your uh what's what's, uh, what's the other one uh with corporal billy and what's oh love bug <laughs> you said love bug what's them name oh man yo um hold love on. joy Some... <laughs> one love love injection uh, <laughs> love, love love injection yeah big up to v rocket and all of the, the you know the elders the foundation sounds yeah. out of england and little sample is a little is sample a UK came song. to my mind but, too. But 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 observer superpower. Uh, not not yet. Not yet top tier. Man. Yeah 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 yeah. They're not in the top. They're in the, one of the tiers. All right. So nice, fun little. Let us know who is in your book like the top tier of songs. That's who we have for the whole planet right now. You know what I'm saying? As you can see, is less than you know fifteen sounds just about. You just brought up blunt posse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, before you brought up Blunt Posse, the sound that was in my mind was uh, to mention would be a sound like a camouflage or a young hawk or a stereophile. You know, sounds that have kills on some of the big sounds in the area catch a sound on a certain night and lock them off. Camouflage boasts about beating Earth Ruler and at ease and, you know, wanting to clash the next one and the next one. You understand? So when you said Blunt Posse, I think that they're not in the top tier. I think that most people don't put them in that top tier and they're just not respected as being in that top tier, even though they have tunes. I think that they haven't clashed in that on that level in way too long. And that I feel like they would have to prove themselves. I mean, these okay. clashes are not clashes Look, that happen. They're not probably not gonna happen. So, you know what I mean? It's more like so, so just on paper that this, this is a on paper conversation because we know this is not gonna happen. But if you look at the history, yeah. right? So you say Blunt Posse is not in the top tier, and 
your is your reason for saying that is the same reason why I think Earth Ruler right now is not in the top tier. Because in recent years, in recent years, come on now. Like, all right, here's the thing but about Addis, by the right? time Addis, By the on, time Blood Posse started, Earth Ruler... We're talking about recent years, though. We're talking about recent we're years. We're talking right now. Yes. But even right. in recent years, Ruler clashed... Has clashed more. Yeah, yes. yeah. Ruler's been on big dances recently, you know what I'm saying? And, and they've done... They've held their own. They might not have won all of them, but you know what I'm saying? And then they've done dub plate showcases, brandishing tunes and, and talking big and calling out people in the big four. So it's not like they're hiding someplace behind some internet or, you know what I'm saying? Like, whereas Blunt is like, you know, like, I know what you know, but where y'all at though? Where have y'all been? They called out Cosmic cosmic called them yeah exactly which which is not proves your point yes yes exactly exactly so they're in the league i'm not here to debate tonight so they're in the (laughs) same league with and new york let's just face it new york is like they have more sounds than the whole rest of the world put together that have fully loaded dub boxes and from what I'm hearing right now during COVID, you know, these sounds are continuing to spend money and cut dubs. And there's deals out there because artists are cutting them deals. <laughs> okay. So I think they have the potential, but they just really haven't done enough. They haven't had enough fights. Yeah. To keep the boxing analogy going on. I mean, I've said this for a number of years now. There's, thing, there's a thing going on in the boxing world where fighters with good records are not fighting other fighters with good records. You know what I'm saying? So there's a similar thing going on right now in the Sound Clash arena where you have these sounds that, you know, let's let's look at, say, uh, Stereo 5, right? You know, they've been pretty active recently, but they've been active in these, I, I don't even know what to call them, tournament clashes. They've done some dub showcases, Speedy One, King of Bronx. But, you know, we haven't seen the level of activity. And to your point, you know, there's there's that with uh, Blunt Posse as well to where it's like we haven't seen the level of activity to warrant like, okay, you, you're still here. You know what I mean? I think Soul Supreme gets a special kind of like asterisk because the kills that they did, you know, <laughs> they were they were pretty, I, w- I wouldn't call it David and Goliath, but you know what I'm saying? They were definitely punching up and they rose to the occasion on a few few occasions. Yeah. Yeah, they had, I mean, they had some good knockout victories, you know what I'm saying? You can't <laughs> can't go around the TKOs right right there. Yeah, man. All right, so one of the trends, obviously, with the internet being the one of the only outlets for sound systems in the past six to nine months of 2020 has been sounds going on IG Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, streaming, and there have been... You know, sounds just doing it independently, and there have been sound clashes organized by various promoters. There have been a plethora of sound dub plate showcase type events mm-hmm. where sounds come out and they just play dub plates and nobody gets killed, nobody wins. <laughs> I guess the fans are the real winners, right? That's what we've been saying. Um, you know, just taking a, a few steps back and analyzing that trend. What I noticed is that it sounds in America, you know, mostly New York and Atlanta, from what I really have seen, a little bit Florida, and sounds in Jamaica. 
sounds in Antigua, but other parts yeah, of the world. Like I haven't. There's stuff going on in the UK, but there sounds right. that I'm not familiar with. Right, sounds in the UK. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Which, you know, the reason I didn't think about about the UK sounds because you know they're kind of like I'm thinking about about them like you know like they're Jamaican. But yeah, you're right. Sounds in England, but then in the rest of Europe and then also in Japan, I feel like they haven't been represented. They haven't been you know like whoring themselves out online and rushing to. <laughs> the nearest platform to to start playing dubs why why do you think that is the easiest answer would be it's a cultural thing i know how things like for example in japan how things are put out are more official mm-hmm. like for example they still sell dance cassettes you know what i'm saying right um, sound system audio the, sound system audio you know stuff like that it's a, it's definitely a lot more official they don't um, put it out on the internet and leak it out they sell it in the and another, store. And another thing with Japan is culturally on social media, they're so different than us. You know, when I was there in the early 2000s, you know, they already had social media in a sense on their phones, right? They were one of the first countries I saw mm-hmm. to where the social media thing, they didn't call it social media. It was just culturally what they did over there you know they're the first ones doing chats on on cell phones and stuff like that where it was kind of blowing my mind at the time you know stuff that is big over here you know like facebook and stuff like that i don't think it's not the same over there you know what i mean Mm. as far as europe i think a similar thing might apply to where it's like yo they have it's culturally different you know it's it's definitely a lot more of a live in person like they're actually enjoying it you know whereas in america you know we might go to a dance and everybody stands up everybody quote unquote enjoys it yeah i think it's a cultural thing japan is definitely more of a a a, a monetary thing over there that that's where like dance hall culture is still making money over there i don't i'm not as familiar with europe though yeah, I mean, when you say is, I don't know if, if that's factual, like, just because of, again, it's a global pandemic. Yeah, it's being monetized. It's a global I'm, pandemic. I'm, not, I'm just talking about before, prior, prior to, to the COVID. pandemic. Okay. So when COVID hit, I don't think that Japanese necessarily culturally in the same way that we are, are with the whole live streaming and, and, and this, that, and the other. I, I just don't see it. You know, culturally, it has something to do with it. But I think that in Europe and these other parts of the world, such as Japan, from what we have seen, a lot of people over there take this game more seriously. Mm-hmm. It's not like I think they de- clearly define what they're doing. Is it a is it a hobby for me, or is it a business? You know. And even if it's a hobby, they still take it extremely. They take it serious. serious, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's defined. Like, I think over Mm -hmm. here, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, they haven't defined it. They're just doing it. You know, they're just like, yo, Moan, do a thing, I try a thing, or whatever. You know, or I'm addicted to buying dubs, whatever. You know, I think in those places, yeah, they'll spend the same amount of money or more, but it's done more purposefully. So I kind of... not diluting it. So I feel like with what's going on right now, perhaps... They're like, okay, this is not a good time. This is not the season to do this. We don't have a guest from Germany to to sound off. So I'm just theorizing on what I think it is. And I think they're like, yo, let's practice delayed gratification. 
because we don't know what's going to happen. So let's not spend all the money on the dubs right now because we're not able to juggle and make the money back in the business. You know what I'm saying? So let's sit down on this money and let's work with the guidelines that, you know, that we have and, you know, do our other jobs or, you know, whatever the case may be. Life goes yeah. on and, you know, we can get back to dance hall and sound clash when everything is back fully open and up. And that's just my, that's what I think it is. And in Japan, I think yeah. it's even more strongly like a business thing because they have like a real industry over there. And I think a lot of the sounds that are over there, when they're operating, they're making money. You know what I'm saying? Like they're operating to make money in addition to their passion for it. Well, I agree with you, but I disagree with one thing. I think they're still cutting. I think the other part of your point to where nothing's open, so... They're not going to dilute it with all of this other stuff going on. You know, I think you're right about the purpose thing. To a certain extent, I think you're right about the business aspect of it. But I think it's like you have to kind of be chosen in a sense. Like I do, I did know sounds on the lower levels in Japan that definitely were buying a bunch of dubs mm-hmm. that were not playing out often at all like like you look at a place like okinawa i'm not going to get too much into it but it's a very small place you know very limited venues Mm -hmm. you know they had sounds out there that were cutting like crazy and you know it's not like they're playing out every week or multiple times a week it's like you would see these sounds once every couple months a lot of them i think they do cut i think they do cut for passion but i i agree with you with the sense of if it's not in a dance hall you know, what's the point? Yeah. We've heard some stories recently, some reports of some of the dub play activity in the U.S., um, namely new, in the New York area with artists coming in from Jamaica or whether it's virtual and they're voicing and sending tunes. But from what I'm hearing, the market is, is very strong. <laughs> a, lo- yeah, a lot of sounds are be. getting tunes. And, you know, that's something that at the beginning of quarantine, it was kind of like we didn't know how this would really impact the business as a whole. People that are into the business understand this, but in terms of economics, as a reggae artist, as a reggae musician, you a big portion of the pie for them in terms of money has always been dub plates. Yeah, ever since the late 80s, you know what I'm saying, dub plate money has started to become a thing. And then, you know, in the 90s, it, it exploded. Right now, in COVID, there's definitely, I feel like there's a bubble. There's a bubble. People are cutting, cutting, cutting. What for? Maybe one day, things will open back up, and they'll be able to play all this, and it's going to still be relevant, and it's going to make sense. Maybe, maybe not. So I just think that in Europe and, and in Japan, you know what I'm saying, they're not like, yo, let me, let me, let me spend all this money just to go play it on the internet. I think that they're... They have a little bit more foresight, reverence for the culture, perhaps foresight. Also, the econ- the economics is different there. You know, this is like, you know, we're talking socialist <laughs> countries where, you know, it's just yeah, socialized medicine. 
socialized education. There's a different you know. set of factors, bro. Like, you know, we've been under this Trump administration here in the States. Where it's just like, yeah. No, nah, but even even before Trump, like, look, how, how we operate in the States is totally different, man. It's the haves and haves nots. Right. And I would suspect that, you know, a lot of these sound systems, first of all, a lot of sound systems pool their money to begin with. And a lot of sounds are in major cities, you know, uh, a lot of sounds in New York, a lot of sounds in, in Florida or in major cities. I feel like... Miami, um, LA. Y- yeah. And look, this COVID thing disproportionately affects different types of people. And for the most part, and this is just an overgeneralization, I feel like a lot of people who are doing sound business right now, it's their, it's their hobby, right? Expensive and hobby. It is an expensive hobby. And I think that people who have the money to spend on dubs, believe it or not, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of jobs that are still haven't been shut down that have you know continued to where people can spend money on dubs. Like some, for some people, this COVID thing is just like it never stopped their money. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I know this is a general statement, but I know no, a lot you, of people in right. New York, like most of my my circle, my, my, my personal circle, you know, I might have been the only <laughs> one that had to sit down for a minute. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of people just kept on working, kept on making money. Some people got raises. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think the assumption... Look, the, like if you if you have enough money to have a sound system and cutting dubs, most more than likely, you know, I know it seems like yeah, people are spending all their money on dubs, and there's a lot of that going on. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who have some money stashed away, and you know, they still continue right to make make the same amount of money. Right. Couple of directions here. Right. I want to definitely go into the economics of it, but you know, there's this thing like you were talking about the, the hobbyists, right? The expensive hobby. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you have people that they cut one dub and they they become addicted. It becomes an addiction. And it's just like, yo, this new tune is out. I got to have it. You know what I mean? So they're just doing that. Or building up the box. yeah. Yeah. You know, you end up building up a box or two or five and filling hard drives with dubs. And, you know, the artists are eating off of it. So that's stimulating the economy within the ecosystem. You know what I mean? Whether or not the mm-hmm. sound is playing out, you know, it's not really relevant. It's still propping up a lot of these artists' pockets, <laughs> you know what I mean, a certain way. But um, taking it back to, like, the golden era of Sound Clash, which is the 90s, right? And this is something that we wanted to talk about, how, did, how it was different then. <laughs> yeah. So in the 90s, you had certain sounds, same way, you know, you had certain sounds that had a a owner and it was a boss man there's a time in reggae music where certain labels certain sound systems were funded off of money that was illegal drug money basically like money that was from hustling and you know money is being laundered into a sound system kind of situation like that i think that situation was very common during that era that situation that also pretty much fueled the prolific output that Jamaica became known for starting in that 1980s and leading into the 90s. It's something that, gosh, this is a whole nother show now. <laughs> but it's something that okay. it, obviously it affected Soundclash, but it's affected recording in general, period. Because Jamaicans love music. They love reggae music. 
And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? If I have limitless money, it's like, yeah, I could go buy yachts and cars and mansions, but also it could be the highest esteem for me to build a big sound or to build a studio, build a studio and have all the artists come and hire all the, you know, all the musicians, hire all the producers and yo, just make music with my imprint on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there was mm-hmm. a lot of that going on at that time. And that's one of the, was one of the catalysts for all the amazing music that we all love so much that came out so much, so much of it, so much of it, just all over coming out of Jamaica. You know, I've heard of the stories, you know, just reading the history of how cocaine, when that became the pop, the drug, the popular drug of choice, is no longer just marijuana, you know, got into coke. You know what I'm saying? How like the musicians that used to experiment or use or whatever, you know, like the whole vibe of the music changed and got faster. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of like a catalyst in the rhythms getting faster. So what we call it dance hall now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it used to be like mm-hmm. that slow one drop and then boom, it starts speeding up now. Yo, we on a different high. So we need <laughs> we need some faster beats right now. <laughs> we need to be able to keep <laughs> yeah. moving. We need to stay up, the music to stay up with us. Anyway. Right. Now that, that was happening across the music industry as well. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that was the 80s. Um but then when the sound system thing, you know, you had just an overabundance of money. So now certain artists start charging bigger money for dubs. And once that started happening, you know, it's competitive. So if you and me competing and you charging a certain amount for dubs, I can't be charging less than you. So now I have to one up you and start charging more because I have a bigger hit tune than you. And then that race to the top started happening and so dub plates started being very expensive whereas i believe you know at the in the inception of it probably was free right yeah artists were looking for a bligh yeah i mean yo this is my sound so i'll sing songs for my sound <laughs> i mean and they were getting paid from the sound yeah as well. they got paid yeah. to work on the sound mm-hmm but it became more of a transaction over time, like a, just a transaction. Yeah. A song is a transaction. A dub is a transaction. Um, boom, boom, boom. So now, you know, in the 90s, you had sounds that were able to keep up the pace with prolific dub cutting. And they were able to get amazing collections of dubs, combinations from global artists, international, like, you know, they would fly around the world (laughs) looking up artists and putting these songs together. You know what I'm saying? So that was the climate in the 90s. Everybody wasn't able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you understand when you're talking about the drug dealer money, you know, it's a different level. They got the bigger jewelry, the bigger cars, the bigger fur coats. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So when you relate it to sound system, it's like, boom. This is what's like in the background, okay? So it wasn't necessarily like a business business when you talk about sound business and music business <laughs> in the same way you would think about, you know what I'm saying, like a legitimate business now. Yeah. You know, it was where there was no internet. 
there was a huge barrier to entry. So even if you loved this stuff and you were passionate about this stuff, you couldn't do it. You didn't have access to sounds or selectors other than paying your money to go in a dance or maybe picking up a copy of a cassette. You know what I mean? That was it. Mm -hmm. So you had huge sounds, huge dub boxes, huge followings and fan bases globally. And it was like a super duper big sport with superstars and the selectors and everybody on the round sounds were just celebrities. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jordans and Larry Bird's of the thing. So that was the traditional setup of a sound system. And I guess I could bridge the gap as to where we're at right now to where when I was in high school, you know, there's a lot of people who admired those bigger sounds. But... You know, they they weren't necessarily hustlers on that level. Some of them were hustling, but not on that level. So what they began to do is is kind of like, you know, you know how you have DJ crews and stuff like that. They started forming sound systems, but there wasn't a boss. It's like a group of schoolmates, neighborhood friends, whatever, would just pool money together, working, hustling, whatever, and start building up a sound, you know. To that point, you know, when... When Speedy was on, Stereo 5 was on LP's Real Talk, he talked about, you know, him and Stereo 5 is five people. They they started a sound in the Bronx, and, you know, they're all in high school together. You know, that's what I know I witnessed when I was a kid, right? So now we got to the point to where technology allows for, you know, anybody to have access to these artists from anywhere, so now that that type of thing is still happening. You have people with their nine to fives. You know, some people, you might be an engineer, you might be a janitor, you know what I'm saying? You might, any anywhere in between, you know? Right. But that, that's that's a, what's a happening right now. a lawyer. Right. So when we're talking now about, you know, or, or in the case of Jara, what, Mr. Harper was a banker, right? Or something right, like that. Right. Right. So... What's happening now is, first of all, there was never a solid business model for this. And for those people who did have a business model, they were the exception to the rule, not the rule. You know, because in Jamaica, you could have dances seven nights a week in all different parts. You could have an indoor, outdoor, in a in a jungle somewhere by a waterfall. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. <laughs> jungle by a waterfall. Nah, I mean, you know, if you could have a generator, you could tap into the light pole, you could have a venue. You know what I'm saying? All these different, you know, in Jamaica, that's that's how it was, you know? So th- that was a business model because there's a demand, you know? And the, the demand was constant. In places like New York, I don't think there was ever, in terms of sounds of DJs, yeah, if you're an individual DJ, you can make a living. But in terms of sound systems, again, chosen few. You know, you had traveling sounds. You had Addis, Afrique, you know. But you had, you your, had, na- you um, had your neighborhood. Like, those were all, I think, right. neighborhood sounds as well, initially. Right. But then they got bigger, and, you know, they have a truck, and it's it's rolling out. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is that still was like the 1% of sound systems, you know, that's making it an actual business. Ninety nine percent of sound systems, it was never, it was never profitable, never. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then and now, 
And I think what's happening now is like we talk about the business of sound system culture. And unless you're in a certain place, there was never a business. That's, that's, that's how I look at it. It was never profitable from the majority of people. You know what I mean? It was it was for the love. Right. You know, it's for the love, it's for the culture, it's for the high. You know, even now when you look at these showcases or it's like sound men bigging up other sound men. Like they it's yo, they're addicted. Right. It's a club. <laughs> yeah. So to me, when I look at the future of Sound Clash and I, I look at the future of sound system culture, to me, sound system culture I don't think is going away because you know, it is what it is. You know, you don't have to have a bag of dubs to have a sound system. You know what I mean? But sound clashing to me, like you have some promoters doing it for love, but they do it for a certain amount of time because it's not sustainable. They might be breaking even. They might be getting a little profit here and there, but it's, sim- it's similar to the dub situation. You have sounds like, okay, if I'm going to ha- clash a, a, a big sound, I'm going to need 10, 15 Gs just, for, just to break even on their end. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to be able to go out and play some new dubs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, before so every clash, there, you got to spend at least that if you want to be respectable. Right. Much so less there is, there is no business model. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're a hardcore sound that mostly clashes. I guess this is the part of the conversation which is the most important, right? Which is, okay, where are we going with this? You know, where, what's the future? What, what's the outlook? I mean, I think you already said it. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, look, we're looking at something that's going the way of, you know, fossils. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Seriously. I don't, I don't see, I don't see how it doesn't end up being that way because, you know, like for example, somebody like Chin has tried to fix this, right? He's tried to say, okay, this dub bubble is getting out of hand, right? And in order for his customers, his audience to still have an entertaining clash while he still can make money, he was like, all right, let's reintroduce the 45 back in to clash because this is an insurmountable thing. Like, yeah, there's a million sounds in New York that could cut all these dubs because, you know, there's a million different types of jobs and all types of hustles that you could do in New York to sustain this. Right. You know what I mean? But what about outside of New York or outside of Jamaica? When I was in the military, when you travel to different places, there's a local a local price and there's a foreigner price. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So with the dubs in Jamaica, you know what I'm saying? You're around these people every day. They're not paying the same prices that people from America are paying. They're not paying the same prices people are from Japan or Europe are paying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember... One, people were complaining when Mighty Crown and the Japanese first started going to Jamaica because, yo, it's up in the price for other people. It's like, okay, I could get so-and-so from this. P- these people, why why, why are you only giving me this? Right. Like, to me, I'm just enjoying it. I stopped thinking about the business of it. Like, I used to worry about the business of it, and I've just, like, I've accepted. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, to me, that's it. You know, and then now what's going to happen is you're going to have, you know, these showcases or, or these friendlies or, you know, there's always going to be big sounds, okay? I, f- I feel like there's always going to be big sounds. There's always going to be somebody with money. The issue for me is you're not going to end up seeing the level of clashes or the amount of clashes 
that we're used to seeing. We've already seen a significant slowdown. And the only reason we're hearing all these dubs now is because of COVID. Well, look, I think that in the year prior to like, you know, let's say March 2019 to March 2020 alone. Mm -hmm. Yo, there was a lot of clashes, my, my dude. Like, you know, there were a lot of things popping off. And you know what? Some of them already started to be online as well. Yes. Clashes as well as showcases. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there was a little, we all would say like it was, maybe it, <laughs> I wrote this down in my notes. The mediocrity is like a pandemic, <laughs> a mediocrity pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Sounds that you never heard of, or maybe that you don't want to hear, but they were clashing each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was going on. I think that in terms of the future, because so many people love it as a hobby and they're getting involved in the business themselves. It may not be the same as the 90s where you go to a high school in any high school where there's a Caribbean population and all the yeah. kids are like, yo, listening to these clashes or this audio and a number of them are like dreaming about building sounds of their own. It's not the same way now. But I still think there's enough people that are doing it that it's not going to just go the way of the fossil right away. Because I think there's probably still enough young people, whether it's children of all of the hobbyists, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not all the kids, but you know what I mean? Somebody, like a nephew somewhere, like, a, you know what I mean? Maybe a niece somewhere big up to all the sound women out there <laughs> you know what i mean like yo there's i think there's gonna be enough to you know what i'm saying like how many people we interviewed on the show that talk about that you know what i mean like yo growing up there was some type of somebody some sound system experience or introduction you know from somewhere does not necessarily their parents might be, you know, somebody in the neighborhood, somebody they came across, somebody at college. I just think there's enough people doing it and investing enough in it that it's not. I'm shaking my head no right now because there's a very small percentage. Yo, there's way youth. more sounds now. There's so, way more listen, people listen, cutting listen, dubs, yo. Like, listen. yo, if you look at the history of what money was made in dub plates, right? Now, with you not having to go anywhere. You could stay gonna, in Brooklyn. I could stay in Atlanta. Look, we're on Nice Up Radio. Have you heard? Have you listened <laughs> to some of the yeah, sounds? Yeah, yo, yeah. yo, son, there's sounds all over from Portland, from Washington down to Mexico, bro. Seriously. Unfortunately, I don't want so to. So the, the I fact that you said it's not a advocate. business, like, fine, we concede that. But look. There are people that collect Harley Davidsons. There's people that collect sneakers. You know what I'm saying? As soon as you let me get a word in. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What's the young, who's the youngest sound man that you know right now? Or you know of? I mean, I could think of like Liv that I know that's of. One, I know. That's the only one I could think of too. The only one. And he's not even doing stuff on the regular. But they got sounds with, quote unquote, the young shooter. <laughs> you have some yo, younger cats, yo. There's people me, less than 30, you know, younger than 30. Listen, 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 listen. I'm, I'm sorry to break this to you. But in all of these things, like if, if you have a hobby or, or a sport or whatever it is, there's got to be 
a farm system, a peewee league, little what something so like you, you see this is evidence. Pinochle. You think it's gonna you be see, uh, bocce yeah, ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> here's the thing: what I just said is a key indicator. Like I like right, high but school. You talking about leagues? That's for stuff that's no, 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 no. Organized. No. I'm, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about. Look, we're in a social media age. You know how many videos I see online of kids scratching who are turntablists mm-hmm. because their father or their mother or whoever taught them how to scratch. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few of those videos out there. There's a lot of those videos out there. There's a lot of little kids right now learning to DJ. You know what I don't see? A lot of videos of kids playing sound system, like in the crib. Like I could what do you count mean, on what, one okay, hand. Okay, hold on, hold on. When you say playing this sound is, system, what do you mean? You meaning, mean meaning, playing dub okay, plates? So there's, Are kids going to no, be no, playing no, dub plates? No, no, just DJing, DJing. Playing reggae, reggae, Caribbean soca, music. whatever, Caribbean music. You don't see a lot? I've seen... In the last couple of years, maybe two or three. And like there's there's like a, a brother and sister or two brothers that do like there's this is social meet the era of social media. So what you're saying is that you're not only talking sound clash, you're just saying that nobody's gonna play reggae music no more. I'm saying that that's how it starts, right? How I, I wanna be a sound man or a selector. Okay, the, the process started for me here. I loved reggae music. One day, my father's friend, who DJed a party in the backyard behind my house, he was tired. <laughs> he didn't want to take his all the records home, so they left them in my house. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I started digging through the crates, discovering Shaba, discovering Ninja, like stuff that I heard over the radio. I'm like, oh, this, this like vinyl. This like, I want to play this stuff. Like, that's the first introduction of me knowing, oh, there's a DJ or a sound man or whatever that does this. And I'm like, oh, I want to do this one day. You know what I'm saying? So, what I'm saying to you is, we're in the age of social media, and a key indicator that this thing has a future is if you see younger people doing it. And I'm not even talking. My example is like little kids because I see a lot of scratch videos like kids are learning to be turntablists right now. That that stuff has a future. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not seeing kids in the in the in their pops like studio or living room or kitchen where there's a little setup just simply playing tunes, yo. I'm not. So that's just my indicator. That's just my opinion. You know, not only that, I feel like even when I was younger. There was a bunch of younger DJs or selectors who weren't of age yet. They were playing sounds, you know what I'm saying? They had to lie, cheat, whatever, sneak them into the club for them to play a sound. Like, I'm not seeing none of that. Even on these online things, everybody's our age and older, Mm -hmm. including new sounds, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Including new sounds. So... Look, yo, you know something here. that you just said just made me think of something. What? All right, I'm out here in Atlanta, right? And when I go to a lot of the dances, like the, like the dances, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't mean like a club where they got like some reggae playing. I'm talking, you know, like Jamaicans. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah, man, like them that the, that demographic right now, yo, that demographic right now, like I'm still like a young buck in these crowds, bro. Like, for real, son. Like, for real, for real. And I'd be like, yo. And you know what I'm saying? Like, they're still playing, like, the new... They're playing Intense and Six and all this. And I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me... <laughs> 
you 10, 15, 20 years older than me and you getting dressed up to go out, drive out past these cops every night, you know what I'm saying? Coming out dressed to the bone to drink Hennessy and smoke weed and listen to this dance hall. Like, and you're like 20 years older than me, you know, like. Yeah, they went from Jinal to Bro God. Yeah, man. Yo, that's, um, it's still, I still don't believe it. Look, look so follow listen, David no, listen, Driveway. Listen, watch, watch Chihuahuan, yo. Listen. And it's like, yo, I, no young come, people to the ting, son. I've come to terms with all of this, man. You know what I'm saying? Call it the pandemic Is it like this in New York, too? Is that the same thing? New York is different. See, the thing about New York, see, we're talking, in a sense, when you talk about sound system culture and this sound clash culture, you know, it's a hardcore thing. New York, there's young people that are still into dancehall, soca, hip-hop, reggae, all, like, all of this stuff combined, you know, but it's a party vibe. It's not like so that's what I'm any, saying. These, so there's any young, of these cats are thinking there's young about- DJs. Yeah, yeah, but but we're talking sound system culture, you know. Right. When when it gets to that, you, you start, you know, it's a foreign going language. To some of these events, you know, I mean, case in point, shout out to King Addies for promoting, you know, King Shine Supersonic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But everybody in there, my age, you know what I'm saying? And if I knew a lot more people, I'd say eighty five, ninety percent of people probably sound men. Yeah. So listen, man. I don't think it's anything to be sad about. Maybe there's something coming after this. Yeah. I don't pretend to know what's coming. All I know is, to me, sound clashes, we know it. Like, it's... Yo, son, I feel like, yo, yeah. on, the ne on, the last, on the last Rumble Talk, one of the things they talked about, LP's uh, owner, Puma, selector, you know, Puma was on there. And uh, one of the things they were talking about was the, these events that are popping up around New York now where it's sound system oriented, where, mm -hmm. you know, people are building up sounds again. LP got a sound on the road again. You know what I'm saying? I know Cosmic is into it, doing, you know, younger sound. So it's like people are starting to actually collect sound system equipment and build sounds again. Um, that might bring it back. Whereas that stopped happening, you know. Also, I heard this stat not too long ago that this year for the very first time in the past, like, few decades, vinyl outsold cds for the first time globally you know um i think somebody was telling me that tough gong was opening back up like their vinyl press in jamaica because there hadn't been any vinyl coming out of jamaica you know what i'm saying so yeah i hear what you're saying about the demographic the indicators but i think there's still indicators that point to a revival in some of the retro aspects of the culture and that's something that is cyclical from what we've seen with all trends, fashion and everything, including, you know, included, you know, these kids wearing tight pants and stuff again. It's like, whoa, it's like, nah, not for me. But you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> certain things come back at a certain point. I agree with that. So there, but, uh, there, you yeah. know, I'm going to leave it at that. There's hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. All right, fine. We'll leave it there. I'll cast it. Then I met music punk cassette again. Yeah. I mean, I got, I got a friend. He just bought, you know, some cassette duplicators, you know what I mean? And I have another friend that cuts vinyl, you know, and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be niche, but, you know, yeah, it'll be there. 
That's I'm sorry, man. I had to, Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you good. I had to put that in there. You good. I had to put that in there. All right. So, you know, this is something that yo, I love so much. You know, probably a lot of guys our age that are into this stuff, you probably had those experiences where like me, you know, one of my good brethren that I you know, when I, I came down to Georgia and we started hanging out because, you know, he was formerly from Brooklyn, you know, families from like Maypan in the country, you know what I'm saying? And he, yeah, he was kind of pulled away from the culture. He didn't really have anybody around him that was entrenched in it. So he didn't really know about sound system culture, you know, and one day hanging out after school, you know, I sat him down and I played him a certain bass out of C cassette from a clash and I was hitting stop or pause and explaining the whole thing to him, explaining what was happening. And then, you know, there's certain clashes that are better than others to use for this type of teaching. But, you know, this happened to be one where you could hear the crowd giving the responses and everything like that. And, um, yo, it was a great feeling to see the excitement appear on his face when he finally got it. And he was like, oh, my God, yo, this is... You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this is dope, yo, son. I feel like, yo, this is... You know, he was very excited. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm responsible for putting him onto the culture. And it's something that I've been doing ever since then. So I just want to, you know, big up anybody who's listening to this who is kind of like from outside of our cultural sphere. And if you are a part of that younger age group as well, we try to be inclusive and welcoming just to you know, do what we do. We want to bring you in. It's not an exclusive yeah, club. And teach your kids about sound system culture and force them to do it. Yeah. Have them listen to <laughs> have them listen to Reggae Lover every week. So listen yeah, to episode 134, which was our intro to Sound Clash. That'll help really catch you up if you need to be caught up. In our show notes, I'm going to put some links to some of the resources that you'll want to look into if you haven't big up to hecklers who has a soundcloud page with millions and millions of plays enormous catalog of sound system cassettes from the beginning of time (laughs) up until what happened last week including you know you could find reggae lover all of our shows get reposted on there of course as well yeah man big up hecklers every time great resource big up to sound chat radio soundtrackradio.com go there get yourself a subscription lots of interviews so much to learn so much to check out there they have a live radio show every day of the week live radio every day of the week i should say tons of different shows and that radio station is very sound system oriented something that was designed to help with solidifying the importance of sound systems as opposed to just regular radio djs out here playing music So there's a variety of different shows. It's all sound systems behind it. Soundtrackradio.com. Also, niceupradio.com. Very similar, where it's all sound systems holding it down 24 hours a day. Really dope content from all over the world. You know what I'm saying? What else? Shout out to Team Torment. If you look up Team Torment on YouTube and Facebook, you know, every Friday they have events uh, sound system related. You know, they've been having their dub showcases as well. Recently, they started having a series on their um, platform called Unplugged. So the first one was Earth Ruler. You know, both Khalil and I got to check that out. 
It was uh, very interesting. I like I like it. It's a good look. And I believe uh, King Animosity, I, th- I believe, is this week. Right. I heard them say um, Innocent is coming up on there as well. Yeah. And I would say this, you know, also there's the LP Real Talk every Sunday. And that's uh, primarily on the IG. I don't, I don't know if they have it on Facebook. But um, basically, it's posted to their YouTube channel, you know, every week afterwards. Um, so shout out to the LP crew. I've listened back to the last two hours of the Blunt Posse (laughs) one a few different times. Shout out to them. Yeah, and I would say Real Talk is definitely, you know, a lot more foundation oriented. And I think with this, uh, the Team Torment Unplugged, Sound Systems Unplugged, I think that's more towards the newer sound systems, um, giving them a little bit of a platform to get a little bit more in depth into their sound systems. Yeah, shout out to Team Torment and shout out to the LP crew. So thank you for listening to that colorful what's going on in Sound Clash and Sound System culture. Yeah, let's get into Buzzworthy. Good idea. Yeah, let's let's get into Buzzworthy. All right. My Buzzworthy this week is actually a clip that I saw of The Fix. You know, shout out to Naro and the whole crew at The Fix, J.A. Javi, um, Ari, big up. Yeah, Javi and Ari, big up yourself. So they're talking about a certain artist that I haven't heard of and maybe I may have one of their tunes like from years ago somehow has a has a video that's two years old that has 308 million views the artist's okay? name <laughs> you gotta right, leave fine. out the artist's name all right fine i was trying not deal, to yo. give him <clears throat> i was trying not to give him free promo but the artist's name is insidious the name of the track is called ecstasy insidious now when i hear insidious i i think of the movie title so I know there's yes. a movie name. And I know you haven't. And I never I watched. And Ecstasy I know you is a seen... drug. I've never tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you haven't watched the Fix uh, clip. But yes, they made that same distinction. Okay. And had quite a chuckle over the name Insidious. Wow. But anyway. So yeah, at one point, I believe Ari had pulled out her phone and compared 308 million views to, you know, the views of some Sean Paul songs. And... <laughs> Let's just say 308 million is more than one a couple of Sean Paul's like <laughs> most popular like songs. Right. So obviously the reason why this is buzzworthy is because this is kind of like a callback to our episode about vanity metrics and uh I think it's it's worth watching this video that the fix put out because listen, I think the point was made within the conversation the reason why i'm referring to the fix instead of talking about it myself is because they did pretty they did a pretty good job of hitting all angles ari at one point said i believe as ari said you know it would have been money better spent on making a better quality video or mastering the track a little bit better Mm. you know so those things were not Mm. taken care of yet they want us to believe that this video has 308 million legit views. Mm. So I want you guys to just go check that out. I'm not trying to pile up on anybody. I'm not trying to diss the artist. I don't know the artist. But at the same time, it it just makes our point about, you know, this video is out two years ago. 
apparently it supposedly has 308 million views and nobody knows who this artist is nobody ever heard the song what they were saying is it's probably not even getting monetized because youtube probably <laughs> figured out that you know these these are not real plays somehow so yeah yeah Word. Kudos to the fix for the um, excellent journalism and analysis of the business like every week. Yeah, man. So that's my buzzworthy. I know it's a weird one, but, you know, I, I just couldn't I couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> Word. So we'll put a link so you can check that out. This one I thought was pretty interesting. International recording artist Skip Marley is now nominated for two categories for the 2020 Soul Train Music Awards. So he's doing his thing, skips billboard chart topping single slow down. The single which featured American singer Her is nominated in the categories video of the year and best collaboration. And I gotta say the video is pretty dope. I mean they he could legitimately get that. That was a, a tastemaker on you know on Reggae Lover. You can check out the Soul Train Awards on November 29th. That's a Sunday. It's going to be simulcast on BET and BET Her, VH1, and MTV2 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there's a one-hour pre-show beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern. Also, man, this week I was blessed to have listened to a new project that just dropped from Salam Remy. We talked about producer Salam Remy previously on the platform as well. Um, he's got a brand spanking new album called Black on Purpose. And you may recall when we reviewed Supercat's new song, Push Crime, and the video. And that song happens to be a part of this project. So the album features an intro um, with a speech from Malcolm X to a musical background. The outro features some clips from Sandra Bland speaking with musical you know, accompaniment. From Salam Remy. Again, the album is called Black on Purpose, people. So if you're black or if you love black people, even if you know you, you don't love black people, but you love black culture. <laughs> yeah. Give this album a listen. The album features from the reggae dance hall world, Spraga Benz, Stephen Marley, as mentioned, Supercat, Chronics is also on there. From the hip hop world, you got Buster Rhymes. Uh, Black Thought from the Roots, you got Common, you got Bilal, yes, Bilal, wow. Tidra Moses is on there. There's a rapper on here, rapper slash singer that I, I never heard of before. She's on a couple of the songs, yo, and yo, I got a Lauren Hill vibe from her. She's singing on one song, and on the next song that I heard her on, she's rapping. She's on a song with Dougie Fresh. Busta Rhymes, and Black Thought. And to me, she had the dopest verse. Like, she killed it. Her name is Mumu Fresh. You heard of her? Nope. My Muma Youssef is her full name, otherwise known as, as Mumu Fresh. New artist. I think she's been doing her thing for a while, right? But, you know, she's kind of like a neo-soul, underground rap, jazz type of artist. But conscious. Yo, salute to Salam Remy. For compiling this project, pulling together all these great minds um, and artists. CeeLo Green is also on there. Whatever you're doing this weekend or this week, check out the album Black on Purpose. I'm going to give you until Black Friday to check out Black on Purpose. It's not mm -hmm. a tastemaker, but it's buzzworthy. Just the amalgamation of hip-hop and reggae that you'll hear on this. Um, and jazz and R&B 
and and black consciousness is beautiful. Yeah, man. All right, so for the tastemaker this week, I got a couple. I know you got a um at least uh I think you got like a whole rhythm. What you got? Yeah. So you know, there's been a lot of I'll say conscious music, conscious rhythms coming out lately. Um, this one is 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 brand new, and it kind of it caught my my attention. It's called Black Tears Rhythm. First of all, I listened to a few different rhythms this week. Like I haven't listened to a lot of singles, but I definitely listened to a few rhythms, and this one definitely caught my eye. It's called Black the Black Tears Rhythm, and it features Marcia Griffiths, Anthony B, Luton Fire, Bugle, Corex, Glenn Washington, Chesedek, Perfect Gidimani, Catlash. Yeah, look, I mean, I like the rhythm a lot. So conscious vibe. I believe uh, Marcia Griffiths has the title track for the rhythm. I would say just check it out. You know, it's good, good, easy listening, you know, with some good messages and some conscious messages as well. Tastemaker for this week I'm featuring is a couple different ones. They're out now as you're hearing this. One is the local rhythm produced by Teflon and Zinc Fence. That mm-hmm. project highlighting the Chronics song entitled Television is the Worst. Chronics television is the worst. Just that alone, you should want to listen to it. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. The rhythm actually features another song from Chronics. Also featured on there is Kalissa Sasko, um, Agent Sasko, Mr. Williams, Elephant Man, Bounty Killer, Kabaka Pyramid, and more. So rhythm got like a nice, you know, 90s vibes. Like you remember like the headache rhythm where the, you know, the drum go it has that in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So big up Zinc Fence. And uh, we're going to put a link to the Chronics there. Also, brand new music from Kabaka Pyramid. He's dropping a lot of new music. The new album is on the way. Also new album from Chronics on the way. But Kabaka's song entitled Trample Them, which is tackling pedophilia and child molestation. Right now, coming on the heels of Agard's top five rhythms of all times, this rhythm that um, Trapple Dub is on, produced by Suku from Ward 21, Kabaka Pyramid and Irie Soldier, has an adaptation of the Baltimore rhythm. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, you know, the heavy dub vibe that you love so much and some guitar by Hazel. Big up to Hazel Beats and the whole team. Kabaka Pyramid never falls short lyrically but the topic that he's taking on on this you know pedophilia it's like you know if you're not giving this a forward go through the gate right now you know what i mean <laughs> you know them type of vibes that are <laughs> like yo born off i up on a pedophile a child molester you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah man enough yeah, said this is good music we've highlighted all conscious music right here except for insidious and it's not by accident. You know, we've been calling for this from the beginning of the pandemic for the music to kind of reach to the, you know, where we are right now or where we should be right now. You'll have an opportunity to check out all these selections. Visit regulover.com in the show notes. Got all the links for you. All the links mentioned in the main segment on SoundClash. Yeah, check us out on Pandora. You know, we got the playlist. Check out the Pandora, the Tastemaker, and the Revolution playlist. If you're not on our email list, get on that because we're getting ready to drop a giveaway for the, you know, for the the holidays. So visit reggaelover.com. 
on the sidebar or on the bottom of the page, or if you get the little pop-up, you know, go ahead and plug in your email. All right, we've gone way over time. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to us. We've, you know, when we're recording this, we've had a long week. When you're listening to this, you're about to embark on a long and fruitful week, hopefully. So thank you. Remember, um, you can email us to submit feedback or get with our socials. We've got all that information in the outro, and here it comes. Until next time. Peace. Regular Lover Podcast was produced by Andres Agard and Aubrey Khalil Agard. Visit regulover.com for full show notes, archives, and more information. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at regulover.com. Follow us on Instagram at Regular Podcast. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Regular Podcast. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I'll tell you what, I was listening to an audiobook about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations and these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things, but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car. If I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley.